and welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today, I got my Morehouse brother, good friend, and you know, I, I don't even know if you could say underrated, but he is by far one of the best musicians, walking R&B vocalist, Maroon 5, just all around great dude. And he may not even be the best singer in his own family, but that's that's neither here nor there. What's going on, PJ Morton? How you feeling, my guy? What's up, man? I am good. I'm good. Good to be with you, man. I finally For made sure. it to the uh, to the Bakari Sellers Podcast, man. I feel <laughs> I feel honored. I'm here, <laughs> man. Look, you've been traveling the world. You've been in. The, you got an album, man. You've been doing a lot of work. So I'm glad to get a minute. But we start our shows the same way um, by having our guests walk us through the arc of their career. So talk to me about the moment when you knew that music would be your calling and what was your first big break in the industry um yeah i've had i I say i've had so many breaks right like you know uh but the first time i knew that i wanted to do music especially professionally um i wrote this song uh when i got my license uh which was at 15. The year changed right when I turned 15 in New Orleans. Uh, and it turned right back to 16 the next year. But I was 15, got my license, and I started going to the studio using my own money. And I recorded this song, and I let my best friend hear it. And he was like, man, you got to let my brother hear this song. Like, he just he just joined this group. They about to do an album. And they liked the song. Like, they liked it enough to record it and put it on their album. And then I got a check for it. I was like, wait. <laughs> I could do just what I love and like get paid for it too. So I was 15. It was probably 16 when that album came out. I was like, oh, I'm I'm done. Like I know what I want to do. And I, I've been laser focused on like what I do since then, really. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we're both Morehouse men. How did that HBCU experience, how did that Morehouse experience shape your per- shape your life personally and your career? Yeah, I mean, well, um, you know, personally, you know, when I was in New Orleans, I was like the, you know, I was the man. I mean, I was, you know, I was my dad's son, you know, and then I was playing keys. I was gigging. It was like PJ was like, you know, I was the guy. Then I got to Morehouse and I was like, oh, it was all the guys in they city. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all the guys from all the, from yeah, all the places. Like, oh, you you were me in Indiana. <laughs> like you, you know what I'm saying? So it, it was some humility that came with that, but it was also like a, a comfort that came with that that made me like real really settle in. And then I started to, you know, uh, you know, transfer ideas with these guys and like collaborate with these guys. And I think I just grew as a man and, and Morehouse, that environment just really, it really takes you somewhere as a, as a human being. And I, I would just, I benefit so much from that. And then career wise, um, you know, with Atlanta as the backdrop and Outkast and, you know, LaFace records and so, so deaf. It was like, I came from New Orleans where it was a music town, but it wasn't a music industry town. So I really mm-hmm. started to see like, oh, I could actually get these songs that I write because before that I, I had only written for gospel artists, you know, but I was writing these R&B songs. I just didn't know how to get them to anybody. So when I got to Atlanta <laughs> and I got in that mode, shout out to, to Jay Hen with Henny the Biz. Now he was Jay Hen when I was, when we was at Morehouse, I went to his dorm and he was making beats and Maestro was there, you know, who had a song on, on the Carter three. And I was like, Oh, like we, end, we doing this, you know, my junior year, I got a song on Andy Ire's album, and that that went on to win a Grammy. Went, went in my junior year. I, I did it my sophomore year. Oh, you oh you won a Grammy your junior year, at Morehouse. Well, th- technically and non technically, so I got a plaque for it. You know, for being involved in the album, I didn't get a trophy officially until my stuff. 
But um, yeah, I was a part of a Grammy Award winning album in my junior year. I wanted to quit school, but I had one semester left. I finished Morehouse in three and a half. So I was like, all right, <laughs> let me just hold on, man. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah. let's, talk, let's talk about that real quick, because I know you wanted to quit school, but I also know who wouldn't let you quit school. So talk about the role of your family. I mean, you come from you are the bishop's son. Right. And yeah. it's a it's a it's a church experience that for those of you all who don't know, it's one of those experiences that just takes you everywhere else. Sensory wise. I mean, it, it's the it moves your heart, your mind, your, your fingers. You can hear. It's a great experience. But talk about being the bishop's son in that music family, that that Christian family and also New Orleans and how that shaped your art. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, being a preacher's kid, I, I mean, I just I refer to it all the time. It literally is just in my in my DNA of all, every decision I make, every way I move, uh, the way I'm able to move an audience, to be honest, the way I was prepared when I joined Maroon 5, like I was like, oh, church made this this stuff easy because it's like the pressure of moving, especially the type of church my dad had where it was so musical and it was so many songs. And we, you know, it was an experience that I was ready for the industry, you know, by the time I got there. And of course, New Orleans, um, you know, it just built integrity in me. It's like, it's the reason why I probably didn't take every check that was offered to me, you know, mm. take every deal that was offered to me because there was a level of integrity coming from New Orleans. If you did music, you had to do it in a real way. You know what I'm saying? You had to mean it. And it wasn't just about the business. And um, I think once I got to the business, I just brought those values with me, you know, and it's also, you know, being a preacher's kid growing up in church experience and all of that is why my music has always kind of had a standard too. like it's, it was only so far, you know, it was only so crazy. I was going to talk on record, you know, uh, <laughs> shout out to Lil Wayne, you know, I can't control his verses, you know, but, uh, but, but, but as for me in my house, you know what I'm saying? I kept it, I kept it, I kept it clean and smooth, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Before we get to your, before we get to your latest projects, uh, talk to me about uh, who your musical influences are. Whose music did you listen to growing up, and who do you listen to now? Yeah, well, I mean, it started out. I mean, like gospel was the lowest hanging fruit for me, so like that was in the house, like um, the Winans and the Clark Sisters and, and Commission. And then I got somebody gave me a cassette of Stevie Wonder, like not the Stevie I knew because I'm an 80s baby. So I, I I heard I just called to say I love you, you know, like the big hits, part time love, all of that stuff. But like somebody gave me a cassette and I heard early Stevie and it and it literally changed my life. So it was that. And then that led me to Donny Hathaway. And then my mother put me onto the Beatles. So I started getting to that to that world. Man, look, let me just tell you this. The Beatles are the most overrated group in America, uh, by the way. Uh, you and Sol- I, oh, in the Solange. world. In the world. <laughs> Solange, we, 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 we had that argument before. She she didn't get the Beatles either. But man, let me tell you, as a song <laughs> as a songwriter, it, it it opened my mind up in a crazy way because of the way they were just you know, because songs are just saying the same thing over and over. Basically, we only got so many things we can talk about the way they were clever and the way they said it and the melodies they did it. But that brought me to James Taylor. And I got mm. so I started I, I I was just, you know, that that led me to all kinds of stuff. Like I've always been open uh, to music. And uh, now, you know, I'm just 
looking at like who who's coming and I'm inspired by my peers. Um, shout out my New Orleans homeboy, Lucky Day, just dropped the album. Oh man, Lucky Day is so talented, yeah. man. I, yeah. I didn't know what he was about to do the first time I saw him. I was like, mm-hmm. he about to rap, jump rope? Yeah. What are you about to do? And then he That's went up there and sang, man. It was just, yeah. it was unbelievable. That New Orleans energy. Yeah, so 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 Lucky Day, man. Um, I love her for sure. Jasmine Sullivan is one of my, my favorites. I'm glad she's getting her flowers now. Um, Kendrick, you know, is, is somebody I'm always looking forward to as well. I just think he's like the artist artist, you know, um, that's, that's a few that, that I listen to now. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. You know, one of my favorite questions to ask people who are experts in their field like you is give me your Mount Rushmore of male R&B vocalists, dead or alive. Wow. I don't know that I've been asked that. Um, Okay. Male R&B vocalists, dead or alive. I'd I'd have to put um, Sam Cooke in there. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I'd have to put Marvin. Uh, I got to do Stevie. Mm-hmm. Man, they're all going to be older, I guess, because I got to have Donnie and then I got to have Al Green. Man, you uh, just put five people on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> oh, it's four, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my bad. My, my political, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, like, you about like Donald Trump. Donald Trump said he going to add himself to the Mount Rushmore, make it five. Okay, uh, that's no, cool. Oh, man, Trump don't follow the rules. Huh? I guess I don't either, my bad. <laughs> who's, on your, who's on your female R&B vocalist, Mount Rushmore? Um, so I got Aretha, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, Whitney. For sure. Uh, let me say, uh, whew, maybe, uh, Shaka. Shaka kind of that surprised me a little bit. Her voice is big. I like it though. Whew. Yeah. Um, man, this is hard. Cause see, I got youngins and cause see, I, I, I'm going to put Jasmine in there. Cause ja- you know, she's a youngin that I feel like they, they respect her. You know what I'm saying? They know she's the real thing. She's a continuation. So no, no, no Celine Dion and no, uh, Mar- no Mariah Carey. I thought you said R and B. R and B. So that's not, well, well okay. Celine, I guess. Celine is out of there. Mariah. Yeah. Nah, I got Is Mariah not R and B? I mean, I don't know. No, no, Mariah <laughs> is. No, for sure. She's, she's going into that world. I guess, you know, Mariah would be a, she would be right after that. Cause I, I just feel like maybe there's no Mariah without wit. You know what I'm saying? That's so true. I, That's yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah. Facts, facts. All right, man. Talk to me about this project, Watch the Sun. What inspired this album? 
Um, man, a, a lot of it was inspired by being shut down and really uh, reevaluating and kind of resetting life, you know, for me. Watch the Sun, um, the title came from, well, I listened to this podcast, actually, that's a friend of mine sent me on happiness. And it was talking about Taoism and taking note from nature, right? And I was, I was, I was thinking about how dark the time is right now. And if we take note from nature, the sun sets and rises every day, right? And if we just watch that sun, no matter how dark it is, you know, it's gonna come right back. And so I was just inspired by that and all of it. And I, I went, you know, my wife and I had gone through a lot in our relationship. We've been married 13 years. You know, we had gone through some. Uh, through some real things. And I wanted to talk about it. Uh, I felt mm. like it, it was, it, you know, it, it would behoove me to talk about real things at this point, because there was nothing else to say, you know, and, and I felt like people are too hungry for something real to just do good records and like, just give you good entertainment. I really had to say something. And so I locked in, man, and, and uh, really was very intentional. This is the longest I've taken on uh, like I had just music for six months or a year before I put any lyrics to it because I wanted to make sure that the feeling of the music was saying what I wanted it to say even before I said anything. And um, and I pulled out all the stops, you know, uh, Stevie Wonder and Nas on our record together. Uh, oh, man. I, I got Jill Scott and Alex Isley on a song together. Um, Elder Barge is on the album. Uh, you dusted off. You dusted off some people, huh? Lay, hey, man. You know, I, I feel like I, our legends. You know, as a producer, I feel like I am um, sort of a, a middle ground between this this generation. And, You're a middle and, child. You're a middle before, child. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. I can bring them along and make them feel like what, like who they are. You know what I'm saying? And hold them in that right light because the Elder Bars record is is like jamming. You know what I'm saying? And he sounds yeah. like he's him. He sounds like him. You know. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited. Wale's on the album, too, Chronics. I, I just brought a lot of people together. And I speak about the features, of course, because that's loud. But the songs are really the superstars on this album. And I really uh, called on them to, like, get the message across. They really fit these records. It wasn't like a forced thing. It was super organic. And uh, I feel like it's my biggest album and it's my best work to date. And, and I, I just can't wait for the world to hear it. You know, that's funny that you say that because I think back to Gumbo and, and people talk about the features because, of course, How Deep Is Your Love is what most people go to. But for many yeah. of us who listen to the album, like first began yeah. sticking to my gun, I mean, sticking to my gun, like just the the way that you put together the the songs, the, the features are great. And that song with Yep yeah. is going, that's the that's timeless. But sure. talk about, this is your 13th studio album. How would you describe wow. your creative process? Like mm -hmm. when, how, when do you decide to start a new album? How, what's the production process? How long does it usually take to mm -hmm. get it done? Yeah, it just depends. I mean, that, that era, and I feel like this is sort of a end of an era as far as Gumbo was the start of something. Watch the Sun is the end of something, at least, you know, um, because then we, we did Gumbo and then I did Gumbo Unplugged, which really, you know, I mean, not really, but it was just Gumbo and we, we did it live and brought a whole new life to it. I didn't even intend for it to be. It became bigger than the original Gumbo. No question. I mean, it's a big I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. my that's my point. When I'm when you see me and when you see Bukari Sellers in the airport, I'm probably listening to Gumbo Unplugged. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a lot of people that got me my first Grammy. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I didn't I just I just didn't know that that would be the one. And then Paul came pretty quickly because I was just in a, you know, that was two years and that was nine songs. So I had more to say. So that was quicker process. But then after I had released all of this stuff, you know, these last five years, 
I really was empty, to be honest, you know? So it was like this process was much different. And um, I never know when I'm starting an album. Like, I'll just write a song. Usually after three songs or so, I'm like, okay, maybe these all go together, you know? And this this is a... And then it starts to build, and then I start filling in spots, and then start saying what I haven't said yet, and start, you know, putting it together, and then the sequencing, and then I start bringing in the features and all of that stuff. Uh, so it is a process. But what I'm what I'm uh, most excited about is how I was able to really take my time this time. I think, you know, I've listened to this way more than anybody else can ever listen to it. So I know every nook and cranny and I think um, I'm just proud of it. I know that it's a very complete body of work and and uh, I couldn't be more excited. Man, we don't talk about Paul around here because I know you got Angel, you got Angela Rye on Paul, but you ain't call your boy to be on no album. So I, on, I ain't, don't we do don't that, talk, we don't, don't do we don't talk about Paul around. Do no, that, that was a man. that was a dope album. It's it's it, Paul is gonna get lost in how good it is because I know Watch for the Sun with his features and how dope it's gonna be, and yeah. then it came right after Gumbo. It's hard to follow. Sure. It's hard to follow Gumbo. So talk talk to me about the. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, what I was gonna say to be honest, the reason I went quicker on Paul is because I didn't want Gumbo to be looked at as some secret sacred thing that I could never move on from. It's like, yeah, I know. I know what gumbo means. Believe me. I'ma just do this real quick. So you so we not just, you know, sitting on that. But it's it's very true. What did you learn about yourself uh in in um your new album? What did you learn about yourself and watch the sun and, and how much you've evolved since gumbo? Because gumbo's a classic, but and you're also not you also not writing songs for NDRE as a junior. Mm-hmm. You know, so talk mm-hmm. to me about Watch the Sun and, and what, what you learned from you. Yeah, no, I think I think it was growing as a man first. You know, I feel like I'm a recovering workaholic. You know what I'm saying? Like I really became w- way more comfortable with understanding uh, the importance of not doing something, sitting still, like uh, really being okay with that in order to be more effective when I do want to say something. So I think as a man, I just became more intentional about anything that I do. And of course, um, like this new song, My Peace with JoJo, it's like, I think we all realized how expensive our piece was. We saw how quickly we could lose everything, you know, lose all of these things. So I think as a reset, we start to say, okay, well, that wasn't necessary anyway. I'm not bringing that back in my life. I'm not, I'm going to do this different. And I think that's, that's what happened. I really locked in with my family even more um, and and understood the importance of that because I was on the move. I mean, I was just nonstop. And so I think the music just reflects that uh, me understanding and being so intentional in what I'm saying. Uh, and I've grown, I believe, as a producer and a songwriter uh, in, in that I can say uh, exactly what I wanna say and I can produce it in a way to, to bring, you know, to bring it the way, the, the way ex- I exactly wanna, you know, to say that musically as well, so. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got, a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, 
visit jiffylube.com. You know, one of the things that you've done that I'm, I always want to ask you is how do you not allow P.J. Morton of Maroon 5 to overshadow P.J. Morton, the R&B artist? Yeah, well, I had to realize they were two totally different worlds. I mean, they I, are. They, I mean, they're two different yeah. people. I mean, I, I yeah. know it's the same person, but it's it's like yeah. two different entities. Yeah. Yeah, I used to try to like use one for the other, and I had to realize like, and I really enjoy being the keyboard player in Maroon Five. Like, I don't have to lead songs. I don't have to work on the write the albums. Really, you know what I'm saying? I play my part, and that is really refreshing when you have to do everything. So I look at it like the best of both worlds. Uh, but I used to try to like my, my, you know, my my one Young Money album, my one major label album. I had Adam Levine on it and stuff. And that was natural because we boys. But in my mind, I, my marketing, Morehouse mind, you know what I'm saying? I was saying, oh, yeah, like the Maroon 5 fans, they're going to feel this because of. And they they didn't come along really until Gumbo, until I started being myself 100%. Because they like, we got Maroon 5. We don't need you to be that for us be you and maybe and maybe we'll come along with that so i just became really comfortable with having them separate but equal um i just got you know we were just in south south america i back, got back from argentina two days ago i love what we do they have you know afforded me my dreams i mean i've, I've played the oscars i've played the grammys i've played snl all every the super bowl you know what i'm saying like i've done all these oh things. that's right the, i mean but i, I yeah. so top man look yeah. <laughs> i got two homeboys that's done grammys yeah. that's done super bowl that's done residencies you yeah. and cameron y'all just try y'all traveling did i get the right way which way yeah yeah no cam you're oh, right okay. cam, I yeah, mean, yeah yeah I, I, it's so many of them and all yeah. y'all come cam, from these Cam has probably played the grand the, the the grammys and super bowl too but cam for sure with bruno yeah yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> let me let me ask you. Oh, before we go too far, I gotta ask this question. Else, your people are gonna be mad at me. Okay. When will we be able to buy Watch the Sun? How can people get it? When is it? Tell me that all that good stuff. Oh yeah, so we're just about two weeks at, two weeks away. April 29th, Watch the Sun drops. Um, I'm doing some listening sessions. We partner with Regal Theater to do some listening sessions in theaters and show a visual album. Um, Houston, L.A., Atlanta. In Chicago, so that's happening next week. When you say um, visual album, you mean like Lemonade, like when Beyonce came out there with a baseball well, bat and stuff. Well, yeah, well, yeah. There's there's just a visual component. I like people to to you know because the way I listen to music, sometimes I got to listen three times before I listen to the lyrics because I'm taking in the music and everything. I think visually you can see what's happening. I got the lyrics there, so it can be a total immersive experience. Um, and so we, we did some cool things, some animated stuff, some, uh, some, some live stuff in Bugalusa where I recorded the album and, uh, but April 29th, man, it is coming in a, in a couple weeks and, uh, you'll be able to have it in your hands, in your ears. All right, I'm looking for that. Just a couple more questions before I get you out of here. Yeah. I want to talk about the music business real quick because you've been in it and around it and been successful. And I know a lot of people get in the music business and now they're teaching, mm -hmm. you know, elementary school again just because they just couldn't make it. I mean, yeah. and it's cool, sure. you know, sure. but but they just couldn't make it. Mm -hmm. Talk to our listeners about the things that matter in the business for an artist. Is it album sales? Is it radio play? Is it streaming? Is it satellite radio play? What what denotes? Because yeah. I mean, some albums are great, but they don't go nowhere. So what denotes yeah. a a a, the, a good musician these days in the business? Well, a good musician and a successful artist can be two totally separate things. Unfortunately, you know what I'm saying it. It used to be the better you were, the, then the, the more you were put out there. Uh, but a lot of times, narrative is more important than the music. 
um, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not able to play that narrative game so much, so I just really try to shine a light on, on what I'm doing and, and thank God for that marketing degree for Morehouse. You know what I'm saying? I'm able to say it in a different way. Uh, but uh, they all matter. You know, they are streaming sales. All of these things matter in their, in their own, uh, in their own place. I'm going to always preach independence. I think, um, you know, it probably isn't mentioned enough, you know, cause I'm, I just won my fourth Grammy, you know, the, the couple last Sunday. And it's like, but people don't realize that I've done that independently. That's Morton Records that's done that, you know? And so I realized the importance of, um, especially now today, because I think it's the best time in the world to be a creative, but it's also the most crowded time to be a creative Correct. because so cutting through, I think being an individual is the only thing that's going to benefit you uh, because it's the only thing that separates you. It's like, what makes you different? Um, so chasing things and chasing trends it's only going to get you so much for so long. Uh, for, for many years, I had to like kind of kind of coast, really. You know what I'm saying? As an artist. Um, and but it paid off. And you're starting to see the fruits of the labor. People are like, yeah. dang, PJ, four Grammys, blah, blah, blah. They don't talk about the 15 nominations. You know what I'm saying? So the 11 losses, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Through the years, like nobody talks about the L's. Like I, I lost way more than I won, you know, but it, but but I, I believed in myself and I believed in what I did individually. I think today is most important to find your audience. And, you know, I think we're in cable TV land now, not mm-hmm. not CBS. It used to be Sony, Universal. You know what I'm saying? It used to be CBS, ABC, NBC. It's cable television. Find your people. The people who watch Food Network may never watch ESPN, but they both doing just fine. You know what I'm saying? So I think when we understand the importance of like building our own audience, I think that's the future. We're going to be serving our people. And that's what's going to matter. You got to focus on them and serve them. And I think ultimately that's what can give you a like a long lasting career. And ladies and gentlemen, PJ Morton, thank you for joining the Bakari Sellers podcast, my brother. Yes, sir, man. Much love.